welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World several times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is a summary of trip reports from my January trip to Walt Disney World, so let's get to the show. Again, everyone, and welcome to episode 29. So I made a quick trip to Disney World this month, and this is a compilation of trip reports from that visit. I also wanted to touch on something I talked about in last week's episode, which was the $1,000 Disney World trip budget. And we had some people ask questions in the Budget Mouse Facebook group about how to book that one night at Disney with the dining plan. And so I I did do some digging and you can actually call Disney and have them add a dining plan to a one night reservation that you book through the Disney World website. And Sierra can also do that for you, like I mentioned in the last episode, but that is just a way to enjoy the dining plan for two days while you're there, get all the benefit of it and not have to get it for the whole trip because most people find that it is too much food for their whole trip. And it also is a lot of money. So you can kind of have the best of both worlds that way by having the dining plan for a few days and then paying out of pocket for the other part. You can also also always book the room just a room only stay for your whole three nights if you're going for three nights and you could you don't have to have the dining plan and you would definitely still stay under your budget but I just like that little way to add some extra Disney magic to your stay and that is why I recommended it so let's get to my trip reports where I share some of my money saving tips that I used on this recent trip Hey everyone, I am in Disney World, so I wanted to come to you with a nightly trip report each night of this trip. So I'm mostly here filming video for an upcoming project, and this is Saturday, January 5th. So I arrived in Orlando about 2 p.m. My flight landed, and I did take Magical Express to get to my Disney Resort. So that is Disney's complimentary airport transfer bus system. And it took about an hour and 15 minutes to get to the hotel. And that was from the time that my flight landed. And I usually estimate for about an hour and a half on average. And so it was a little bit less than average, which was nice. So I did get a text when I was on the bus that my room was ready, which was great. I I am staying at the Boardwalk Inn. And I have mentioned, I believe on a podcast before, how I got this room. So I have been obsessed with Hotwire lately for finding Disney resorts. And it has been such a great source of, sorry, those are fireworks. If you can hear that in the background, I assume Hollywood Studios fireworks here, but wow, they're really loud. And um, I'm a little obsessed with Hotwire for finding deals on Disney hotels. So um, I planned this trip at a pretty last minute and I was able to find what I suspected was either the Boardwalk or Beach Club for $180 plus tax. So it brought it up to about $210, which is very expensive, okay? But 
this is one of the few Disney resorts that I have yet to stay at. And I really want to stay at the mall. So I can say that I've stayed at the mall. So um, that said, I don't think you will ever find a way to stay at the Boardwalk Inn for less than $180 a night. It is the rack rates are usually, you know, 350 to 400. So I thought it was my chance to stay here. So I grabbed it. Um, now I have a full post on the blog about how to find Disney resorts, hidden mystery Disney resorts on Hotwire and Priceline. And I'm using Hotwire more than Priceline now because they're much easier to find and you're pretty much guaranteed that it will be a Disney resort if you follow the steps. When I say pretty much, no, you are guaranteed it's a Disney resort if you follow the steps that are in my post. So you just need to go to the budget mouse, do a search for Hotwire, and um, my post will come up that will walk you through how to find Disney resorts on here. And these are only good for about a month in advance. So this would be only if you're planning a last minute trip and probably only if you're staying a shorter stay. I have gotten two nights in a row in another resort and I've seen them for longer. So anyway, um, the boardwalk has been nice. The room is especially nice. Uh, I'm kind of infatuated with it. And I did take a video of the room and put it on the Budget Mouse Facebook group. So please join that free private Facebook group if you haven't already. It's just called the Budget Mouse. Um, and what I liked most about the room is there's a couch in it, which I have never seen in a just a Disney hotel room. They have them in the DVC villas, but I've never seen one in just a standard hotel room. And the couch folds down into a twin bed. So I think it's very smart and I would love to see it more often. Um, the room has nice Disney touches that aren't in your face Disney, but some hidden nods to Disney and some nice details. Um, and the room is big and it's been recently remodeled and I really like it. So I, I researched my hotel before I came, as I always suggest doing, looking for good room requests. And I learned that these, uh, I'm in a standard view room. Some of these standard view rooms look out over onto Epcot. You can see illuminations from your balcony. So I requested a theme park view or an Epcot view, and I actually had to call that in and request it that way because Boardwalk is one of the resorts that's no longer accepting room request faxes. So I usually like to fax my room request to the Disney Resort, and I have a post on the Frugal South that is about how to fax your room request in. Um, and this there are some that aren't accepting them anymore and so i've updated that post with the list boardwalk is one so i did get my room request i'm on the top floor and my room looks right out over onto epcot so um illuminations will start soon here tonight so i'm going to watch it from my balcony and i have the eiffel tower right out my it's not right out it's kind of far but it's it's out there off of my balcony so uh, another successful room request which is always fun um so Though I love this room, I didn't, I'm not a big fan of the Boardwalk Resort. So I took some time to just walk around today and you know, I didn't really like it a lot coming in, but I came in with an open mind. Um, I just don't like the pool situation and the dining. There isn't really a food court and the, you know, the dining, though there are many dining options on the boardwalk, I don't find any of them to be that great, except Flying Fish, which is outstanding. However, it's very expensive and it's going to be a special occasion thing. So I really like it when I stay at a resort if there's affordable, good dining at the resort. And I don't think that boardwalk has that. Um, so 
What it does have, though, is proximity to Epcot, and it's walkable also to Hollywood Studios, though it's quite a long walk. I mean, it's a 15 to 20-minute walk, probably more like 20-minute walk to get to Hollywood Studios from here, but you still can walk, or you can take a boat to get to either Epcot or Hollywood Studios from here as well. So I did walk over to Hollywood Studios to do some recording and I took the boat back and actually stopped off at the Swan and Dolphin, which are two hotels that are um, close by the boardwalk here. And um, my, my plan was to eat some dinner at one of the restaurants at the Dolphin. And I've eaten at a lot of the restaurants in the Swan and Dolphin. They are excellent for the most part. And I had my eye on the lounge at Blue Zoo. I had heard that it was great for like small bites and just you know, like tapas style and drinks. So I went in and I did not know that they had a special happy hour menu and I got the best food for so cheap. I still can't even believe it. So I had crab nachos and uh, fried green beans and it was enough food for at least two people to eat for dinner. It was so much food. I was I posted pictures of it already on the Instagram for the Budget Mouse because I was so impressed. Um, they also had cocktails on special, their Zoo Berry signature cocktail. So the cocktail was $7, which is dirt cheap for Disney World. Um, the crab nachos were 9 and the green beans were 5 So I ate for $21. That was including my drink. And I was... I left half of the food, so and it was excellent. So a hidden gem at Disney World, definitely. The only issue with the Dolphin, I will say, is parking there is tricky. So they do charge to park there. Um, if you're driving from another Disney resort, it's very expensive to park. It was 20 or $25. So don't do that. Instead, <laughs> you can always park at Hollywood Studios and take the, the boat over there. Um, you could take a bus to Hollywood Studios and take the boat from there or you may sometimes be able to park at these neighboring disney resorts that don't charge to park um beach club yacht club or boardwalk though they are getting more strict about not allowing you in here unless you have a dining reservation so that one is hit or miss but find some way to not pay for parking and come to the bluesy lounge so that's about it for today i am headed to a couple of parks tomorrow to do some filming and um and then i'm switching resorts so i will tell you more about that tomorrow food at uh, the Starbucks, the Main Street Bakery there. And so I wanted to do that and get some nice video clips. Um, and I also had a special treat. I got to ride in one of the old timey cars that drive up and down Main Street USA in the morning. And I was just standing there eating my breakfast and I saw the cars go past. And I thought, I've never done that before. I think I'm gonna try. And I said to some woman who was standing there talking to me, I think I'm going to try and ride on those. And she said, make your dream come true. <laughs> so I went back up to the kind of the top of Main Street USA and the car was just parked right there. I went up to the gals like, can I have a ride? She said, sure, hop in. So I got my ride down Main Street USA. It was very cool, actually. So uh, I recommend doing that. If you get to the park early and you're looking for something fun to do that was really fun so um i saw the castle 
opening show, which starts five minutes before the park opens. And it was really cute. I mean, it was nothing compared to the old opening show that used to take place in front of the park uh, up on the train station. Um, but I did really like that you could hang out on Main Street USA um, and didn't feel like you were missing any attractions or anything. Um, it was really nice and uh, kind of a leisurely pace to start in the morning. Um, and I did like the new opening show. So I was front and center in front of the castle. And what that meant was that I was not lining up to go as soon as they dropped the ropes to go back into one of the lands, which meant I was kind of back in the pack, um, which was fine because I didn't really have an agenda. But what that meant was that when I got to Peter Pan's flight, which I wanted to go on first, there was already a 15 to 20 minute wait. And I was there, you know, first thing in the morning. So if you're trying to get to an attraction first thing that you don't have a fast pass for, you really have to be in line at the most strategic spot. Now, this was a very busy day. I have to say the crowds overall were tremendous today. I mean, I'd say probably an eight out of 10. And I assume this is because um, people are still off of work and school from the holidays because of how New Year's and Christmas fell on a Tuesday this year. So... I expect tomorrow that the crowds will drop off quite a bit as people go back to school and work. But today it was very crowded, like holiday crowds almost. So um, I decided not to wait in line for Peter Pan's flight in the morning. And I went and did a few other attractions instead. So I did Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Pirates of the Caribbean and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Um, and I rode the People Mover this morning. So this was all at Magic Kingdom on a very crowded day without fast passes. So those were all rides that were 10 minutes or less wait in the first few hours the park were open. And I was really taking my time. I was not rushing. I was stopping to take a lot of video and I stopped to eat way too much of a Nutella fruit waffle sandwich thing from Sleepy Hollow. I had never had one and they look so good in pictures. So I made the mistake of ordering one by myself and I ate way too much of it. I felt bad afterwards. <laughs> so only order if a, you have self-control, or B, someone's with you to help you eat it because <laughs> it's too much sugar. Anyway, um, I switched over to Epcot after that at about uh, noon, I believe, and it took me 30 minutes to get to Epcot on the monorail. So you do have to switch monorails. You have to take the monorail over to Transportation and Ticket Center, or you could take the ferry boat over if you wanted to, and then you have to take the Epcot monorail over to Epcot. So it took me 30 minutes, which I didn't think was too bad, really, all things considered. Um, and I did a few things at Epcot, and nothing really that I wanted to mention there. Um, yeah, except that I had some, unfortunately, way too salty Mongolian beef at Sunshine Seasons, which is normally one of my go-to quick service places. But I was hungry, it was in the afternoon, so I, I ordered that to give it a try, and it was barely edible, it was so salty. So I don't know, I hope it was just a fluke and that Sunshine Seasons continues to be a go-to quick service place. But um, I then went over to, oh, I rode Soren and Spaceship Earth with Fast Passes because I cannot go to Epcot and not go on Soren. It was spectacular. And I met a really nice lady in line and I felt bad I didn't ask her name, but I hope she ends up listening and um, 
it was really nice to meet you. So I then took the bus over to Animal Kingdom, which was also very easy. This was a great transportation day for Disney transportation. Um, I just kind of walked right up and hopped on the bus and I was there in 10 minutes. So um, at Epcot, I wanted to see Festival of the Lion King, which I hadn't seen in a long time, and um, take some video around there. Um, it was packed. It was the most crowded I've ever seen it at Animal Kingdom. It was hard to even walk through Asia section getting over to Expedition Everest, but oh my God, it was, I, I'm used to Animal Kingdom being far less crowded. So um, I did make it over to Festival of the Lion King. It was excellent. And then I met up with a friend and we had plans to get dinner at Satuli Canteen, which is a quick service restaurant in Pandora, part of Animal Kingdom. And I had been there once when it first opened, but I hadn't been there since and I loved it. And I wanted to get more food and pictures for the blog because I want to, to write up a review of it on the blog. Well, we got a little waylaid in having a drink at Nomad Lounge, which is connected to Tiffin's, which is a signature restaurant at Animal Kingdom that's, I don't know, I think three years old now. Um, but we both had great cocktails there, and that was a special treat at Nomad Lounge. Um, highly recommended for drinks, and they had small plates as well. Then we had the most awesome dinner at Satuli Canteen, so I can't wait to show pictures. I think I've already shared some of my Instagram story for the Budget Mass today because of how exciting <laughs> how excited I was about the food it was great um, we did catch part of rivers of light which is the nighttime show at animal kingdom and I have seen it before uh, with a fast pass and had great seats and I really enjoyed the show it's not everyone's favorite but I personally like it a lot and I am an animal lover so that might have something to do with it this time we tried to watch it from kind of the side where we were just uh, standing kind of on the path that leads into Asia and we weren't able to see much of the show at all because of how it is projected onto the water screens and um, Kristen has not seen it before and I was like you're really not seeing much of the show <laughs> you really can't see the majority of the show from that angle so that is a good thing to know that if you plan on you know getting there at the last minute you really want to be um, where the main viewing area is located to see the show you can see it standing up from back there but you just can't be off to the side like we were because you can't see the projections on the water screens so I then headed very exhausted to All-Star Sports where I am staying for one night. This was another hot wire deal and this one was crazy good. I think $54 um, for this night at All-Star Sports plus tax. So it was a great deal. Um, again, if you're just listening to this and aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, you can find great deals on Disney resorts on Hotwire and there's a post on the Budget Mouse about it. Just search for Hotwire and we'll come up. So um, this is about probably all I would pay to play stay at All-Star Sports at this point. It's kind of rough. The rooms are a little raggedy. They're waiting on a renovation that will likely begin in fall of this year. Um, they're moving on to All-Star Music next. And I think about they're about ready to wrap up at All-Star Movies unless they hit some major snag in the renovations but um, from what it was looking like they should be wrapping up this month or next at all-star movies um, so you know it's just kind of old and it's never been it's always been one of my least favorite resorts but I would say it really is now it's just kind of worn and um, I don't really like the theming 
it's the least favorite of the value resorts for me, and particularly so now because several others have been remodeled. But for $54 a night to stay on Disney property, I will take it. So I'm taking Magical Express to the airport tomorrow and going back home from this quick trip. But I hope you've learned something valuable from my experience on this trip and some ways to save money and have a great Disney vacation. So thanks for listening. Hey, it's me again with one more thought on this trip. It's um, the morning now. I'm getting ready to fly home. I feel like I gave All-Star Sports a bad rap, and I just need to share some of the details of my stay here. So it is really a great resort. I was walking around the grounds this morning, and you know, the theming, though it's not to my taste, it's really fun. And I think any kid that is into sports in any way would get a big kick out of it. And it is so geared towards kids. And that's something I really love about the all-star resorts in general and makes them one of my top picks for families with kids coming to Disney World. I did have excellent service while I was here as well. So I had my bag transferred from the boardwalk to All-Star Sports yesterday while I was at the parks. So this is a wonderful feature uh, at Disney World that they will transfer bags within Disney World for you. So I just took my bag down to the Bell Services desk at the boardwalk yesterday at like 7 a.m. and asked if they could transfer it. And they will tag it for you and give you a little receipt. And I always tip, you know, somewhere between three and five dollars a bag for handling that um, and then they send it over and it won't arrive until the afternoon which didn't make a difference to me because I was going to be at the parks all day so when I arrived here I went to the bell services desk here and um, was going to give them my ticket to pick up my bag and they had already delivered it to my room which was a really nice touch I've had that happen a few times but most of the time I'll have to go and fetch the bag myself or you can go straight to your room and call and have them deliver it to your room and again be ready to tip for your um, bag so that was really nice they didn't have to do that and they did um, also when I got here I did not have the magical express paperwork for tomorrow for today essentially on my door which I know it's tricky with a one-night stay they really don't have a good time frame to deliver it so I just called down to the front desk and said hey I don't have my paper and he said oh I'm pulling it up right now I'm gonna get a runner to send it to your room and I was like, oh, great. So sometimes that takes a long time at Disney resorts because they're huge and um, there's so many people that stay here. So I was expecting a long wait. And I was getting ready for bed, but within 10 minutes it was here. A friendly young man just knocked on the door, said, here's your paperwork. So I was really pleased with the service at All-Star Sports. And I have to say, like, comparing the price point to off-property resorts, I feel like you get so much more for your money when you stay here compared to a $100 a night off-property resort, just in terms of the uh, atmosphere and the magic and the service and you know you're not going to get that <laughs> off property for sure now I only paid 50 some dollars a night to stay here because I got a crazy good deal on Hotwire and I was just checking Hotwire because I'm a little obsessed for the end of January and I saw three nights in a row here at All-Star Sports what I suspect to be All-Star Sports it's definitely an All-Star Resort and um, this generally has the lowest capacity so I mean it's low you know lowest occupancy so I figure it is there but for I think it was $49 a night on average for a three-night stay. So if you're looking for a um, getaway, an, a fun resort with kids, I think this is a great bet. So um, that's it. And uh, look for this compiled, these three reports compiled into one on the podcast soon.